they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Admit I was a clown to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave. Better bye 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 bye. Better bye 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 bye. Hey, Jenny Rainsford, hello, Batters. How you doing? I'm all right, David. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, I've got quite a few notes, little things to talk about this week. Um, things that have cropped up. Things. Have you seen? Do we want to do a quick news rundown? Or yeah, do come we... on, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We haven't done it for a while. So we've got, have you seen Mo Farah is back? He's running the Mo, the London Marathon. What? No, yeah. I didn't see that at all. Go on. Continue. Yeah, what, it's been one last shot is what they've, is what they're saying. He's going to be one last go. So do we think, is this just, is this just cash or is this genuine intrigue from his point of view do you think do you think he because he's run he's run some good times before he's run what 208 is he run a 206 i think in chicago do we think he's actually doing this for any reason other than money um this is the is this the first like major race that he's done since um the human trafficking um like story came out yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I think so. Actually, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's always know. popping up. And doing I wonder. I wonder, I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's something um, in that. I don't know. It's got to be money, surely, or just just to be kind of stay a bit to be relevant. relevant. It just must be hard, like to be the most famous, you know, runner of the time in your country, um, and then to to not be and lo- to lose and not you know and not do that anymore mm. and then kind of go through a what is quite a revelation about your your life yeah. i don't know i may be running maybe just coming back to running is just like a nice you want that distraction just just yeah either a distraction that process or, yeah I, I it was so much a part of your identity I don't know. I think his identity such must be such a confusing thing because you have he's he's had to basically put on this persona for the whole of his um for the whole of his life. Mm. Um, you know, about who he was. And he's been mm. doing it on that. And this will be the first time where he's been able to do a race where he can feel like the whole thing's out in the open. I don't know. I, I again it's really, it's a really hard thing to do, but I just I'm trying to pick up non-monetary reasons why he might be doing it. Because he's he's said that he's because he, he came, he's, he's, he's come third here before in 2018. And he's put a few caveats, like, depends if I find my form, if I'm not injured, because he's going to turn 40. He'll be 40 by the time he runs it. Yeah. So we could go for first vet, potentially. Um, but he he's not ruled out for going to the World Championships if this goes well. Okay. But he says that this will probably be his last year of running. 20 uh, competitively so i'm quite excited to see actually what what he does and i quite like it and uh i'd like to i i, I think ever would like to see him put a, a good performance in the trouble if he puts a good performance in he's more likely to continue 
but you mm. almost wanted to see you wanted to see him do a good performance in his last race. I see what you mean. Yeah, like finish on a on a high finish. rather than you know the people remembering he was beaten by someone else or or, or something like that. Because I, I could imagine him not. I, I'd say the chance of him not finishing would be high, right? If he goes there, he's gonna. You'd think he'll be in the front group for some time. He's not going to go there and run for the for his his negative split best time. Yeah. So the chance of him blowing up surely very high. And is that how we want to remember Mo limping off London Marathon? The thing is, I always think about when people like finish their careers and stuff and all of these things are said at the time and no one really remembers how people finish their careers. Like you like you remember they don't. Mm. I mean they don't it just doesn't. You know, no one no one remembers when they they kind of go cuz not everyone is like MJ, you know. Not everyone mm. is, you know, goes that's it. I'm I'm finishing now and I'm not Michael gonna... Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. That's it. I'm finishing now. I'm going <laughs> to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Michael Jordan. Um so not yeah, not everyone's like him, just goes, look, I'm at the height of thing, boom, mm. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. And so, you know, you, it's like very, very few people finish like that. Um and maybe it's more boxers than yeah, maybe it's more bo- box I think boxing it does taint you. The losses add up because it, it you yeah. can't be the greatest. That's the question mark is well you lost to this person are they better than you because it's all about legacy yeah because you don't you don't have times in boxing you just have a performance versus someone yeah yeah exactly exactly um yeah and i think there is that there's also the element around the olympics as well where people say this is my last olympics i'm going to retire after the olympics mm. and you've got that kind of thing but whereas i think london marathon you know you've got marathons all the time where you can have that opportunity to both win and to gradually get worse and gradually you know that thing to 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 go over a period of time mm. um mm. so i don't know i don't i i don't i don't think he has to worry about how he goes out because i think it's um you know his legacy is set and all the stuff that's happening now is going to be forgotten about even the even i think like the oregon project stuff will will mm. kind of disappear into the background and not not be thought about apart from people who are really really into it it's not going to be an asterisk on this on his no. record is it so no no it's going to be like a little doorbell at the top right hand corner a, a, a doorbell shaped but yeah you're right you're right um now other other things that have other positives have little stories so um boston has said that pregnant women can defer boston marathon good news progress and I assume this is just going to become commonplace now in all races. Uh, so shout out to She Run, Sophie Power, changing the world bit by yeah, bit. No, exactly. So, one one race at a time. Yeah, one race at a time. Um, and then other kind of topical news. Hmm. I, I didn't think probably... I didn't so didn't Sophie speak to you at the running show about the um talking about the the she runs and things and the uh, and and the number of people that heard about it as a result of the last podcast that you you did with her and stuff what i'm yeah, trying to I do is so. i'm trying to angle it to suggest that um you are personally responsible for <laughs> <it>. <laughs> absolutely so give me a place boston give me a place yeah. <laughs> now um the i try to th- look at my list of things that are, are more topical too the thing i think we should talk about um which has come out recently and 
really interesting study. Someone's looked at the Strava data of 290,000 marathoners to look, to try and gauge how much disrupted training affects marathon performance. Oh, okay. Define disrupted training. So disrupted training is just a uh, day's number of days that, and I'm just going to quickly find the article, number of days you've not been able to, to train because you're, for whatever reason, you, it, because it's taken Strava data, it doesn't know that you're injured or it doesn't know that um, you've been ill. It just knows they've looked at runners who've done more than one run who've trained more than once for a marathon training block and who have then trained again, but not done the similar amount of training. So not done there four days a week, five days a week, six days yeah. a week. Um, really interesting. Uh, there, and, and, and the perception is the perception always been told that, that even if you miss something in it, you know, even if like life gets in the way or something, as long as you're sticking to the the overall kind of structure of it, it won't have that much of an impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and the and it's the uh, this does look at not just the odd day or two though. This is where you take a week off or two weeks off or okay. Um, and so actually, it's looking at the the kind of injury that you w- will have some kind of impact. Now, well, and I think, and I think that's pretty common, isn't it? For especially yeah. with first-time marathoners, second-time marathoners, people that are pushing maybe for for a PB at a marathon, you know, to to miss a week or so from maybe you know something that gets in the way is pretty pretty normal. Yeah, absolutely. And and the 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 hard thing is is what to take from this. Like, what mm. can we learn from this? But um, the good thing is the study so is looking at data between 2014 and 2017 which means cheat, cheat shoes weren't really involved because that could have a massive impact if mm. someone's just... And um, what I would say is a caveat, well, we'll talk about the caveats afterwards, but it was looking at people who on average train 25 miles a week, which the average runner as 25 miles a week is actually, that shows it's a real range of runner because if you think sub three marathons, probably on 55 miles a week, um, you average that out with zero, you're you're looking at kind of the slower end, yeah. On on average, and um, so they looked at fifty four thousand runners who completed a marathon following a period of disrupted training, which is at least seven consecutive days missed during the twelve weeks prior yeah. to the race. Now, runners who missed seven days of who seven to thirteen days of training ran four point two five percent slower. So just one week of training. What? Than when they had not experienced a training disruption of more than six days. So four percent slower is is pretty big. That's a difference of the cheat sheet. Like the 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 best scenario case of your your vapor fly is un, it undoes that straight away. Um. So if so I was looking, significant then. Yeah. Say you're a say you're three fifteen marathon runner. I've chosen that because it's basically two 200 minutes you're you're looking at a eight minute increase on your time so instead of running your 315 boston qualifier you've run a 220 325 sorry 323 because of um 
because of seven days off training in the 12 weeks prior. So I know is... what you can say. So I know what you say to this. If you miss seven consecutive days of training, then you need to get cheat shoes in order to make up your, <laughs> need to make up your time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You need to I wear... mean, that's Nike. That's Nike. That's Nike's new campaign, surely. And if you're already, yeah, and if you're already using cheat shoes, you've got to wear two pairs of cheat shoes <laughs> to try and to make up for it. So if you miss between four, no, yeah, it double it doubles the impact of it. You lose eight <laughs> percent if you're wearing cheat shoes while you take a break. So you have to make a decision. Do you train without cheat shoes? And then if you miss it, you can use it at the end. Or do you train with cheat shoes and potentially totally destroy it if you take a break? I love the I love the the the, the maths that are involved there. My maths yeah, are wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm fully aware of that. Please don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know I'm you know, I'm joking. Yeah. Now, if um if you miss between 14 and 20, 20 days, then that increases to six percent. And if you miss between 21 days, well, three, three to four weeks, it's 7.5%. It feels as though three to four weeks of a 12-week plan, actually, is better value for money than one week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's... I mean, you might as well. If you're going to interrupt your training, interrupt it for something big. Don't interrupt it for a week of, of, week of dicking around. That's what is that what we is that what we're taking away from this? Yeah. Well, kind of, but but the interestingly enough as well, it seemed that the impact that it had a greater cost on males than on females. So that four percent was five percent for males and three point five percent for women, and the impact on faster runners was greater as well. 5.4% versus 2.6% for slower runners. That makes more expect. sense. High performance, yeah, it does as... make sense in terms of performance thing because it is going to be kind of marginal, isn't it? And, and, and you know, a week out of a, a, a 12 week thing for, for someone that's, that's pushing the edges of their, of their ability. Yeah. It's going to so... be, it's going to be significantly more um, uh, impactful. Yeah. So if you extrapolate that, because if, if we're saying faster, the male and female are different, and faster runners are different. That would suggest you're five point four point four percent for faster runners. You'd assume then that um, for for female runners, it's probably closer to the four percent, and fast runners. And for fast male runners, it's probably closer to the six percent difference. Which you're suddenly looking at instead of a, a three fifteen, you're looking at closer to a three thirty, and that is a significant jump in finish times. So. Um, what, why, what, what, but what what is the what's the reason why it's the difference between men and women what's the what could possibly be the the the, the reasons by why it affects men more than women i i don't know and um I, they, it's not even like marginal it's like that's a significant difference between the two yeah and because we've we've not looked at the data i don't know whether it's are men lying i mean lying about the amount of days that they've no, because, and this is the issue. We don't, because it's just taken off Strava data. So they've not asked anyone. It's just they're looking at runs logged, training runs logged. Right. Um, and so it's not a perfect study because not everyone logs every run, but it's it it, it does show that <laughs> men need to be nervous of injuries for, for one. Um, well, you know, we need to be looking for a quality in this. I want women to be as shit as men if possible. Um, so how <laughs> yeah. can we come on, come on, women of BBR. It's time so, to it's time to destroy your performance. Take more injured, days off. Injured women need to chub up more. 
That's what we're saying. If you're injured, chub up more just so that you chub up reduce, more. You reduce your performance equal to men. It's only fair. Only fair. Um, but it uh, there's I do wonder whether because females can retain a kind of higher I, I think my observation observation of runners I know, female runners I know, is that they do tend to have a just a higher, better endurance naturally without having to train as hard. And so if I put, look at people like Briggsy, people like Miller, um, I'd ha- I have to train a lot harder to get back to where I've been than than what they do. And maybe that's because they've... Are we saying they've got endurance privilege? Endurance privilege, yes. Is that what they've got? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> And and what I would would have liked to have seen in this study, because if you train for a marathon and you just train exactly the same again a second time, your marathon time will be substantially faster, mm. no matter who you are, if you just follow the same training plan. So actually, in theory, this would suggest that potentially the gaps are bigger because these people... If you look at your your training life, you're you're getting faster typically when you're training for marathons, and so it's it's a shift backwards at a time when you should be shifting forwards naturally. So they could be greater jumps than that. So I'd say what I'd take from this study mainly is that if you are feeling like you've got an injury, it's better to rather than completely step back and do nothing and wait it's better to try and do smaller runs potentially as long as it's not making the injury worse to try and almost nurse yourself through because having going for like a three mile jog when you're meant to be doing an interval session is probably better for your eventual marathon pace your marathon time than just doing nothing if it's back to back to back to back to back. Now, obviously, if you are injured, you do need to rest and so David, re- result. Let's look at let's look at the history of your injuries. Um, do you uh, in in the past when you've been injured, uh, has it been beneficial you going out and um, still running on that injury? Well, I'd say the 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 difference is that mine was a long term injury, and these ones these ones aren't. These are kind okay. of niggles. These I guess these are the niggles, and, and you're right. If you have a if you have a sharp pain, if if it is injured, you should stop. Um, but look at the, what would be useful to know if you, if you could shift to other cardi cardiovascular activities that don't flare up whatever injury it has, whether it's running in a pool, being on a bike, cross training. Um, but this is one of those studies where there are no useful conclusions just <laughs> depressing results yeah that's sad isn't it it's like yeah. it's like that research that came out that said that for for women um ultra running um strengthens the heart and for men ultra running weakens the heart and you're like what the fuck am i supposed to do with that information like yeah what? stop running like what and if, unfortunately the, the the person who did that study has never responded to my request to come on the podcast and talk about it oh really yeah what are they hiding I... that's what we need to know what are they hiding that's the thing so i'd just like to point out that if um to consult your physician uh, before taking any advice from bad boy running um as to uh as to injuries or anything else absolutely absolutely and and like don't run through pain because it sounded like you were basically saying man up there 
Not at all. No, but the, you know that advice is given to people who who know how to listen to their body, and who. But that's unusual, isn't it, for someone running their first, second marathon? Yo. Absolutely. So that you know, th- this advice would be notoriously people... shit at understanding about your body. Like oh, you know, like my body. Yeah, you know, like when I run, I'm I'm not attuned. I'm not tuned in enough to know what the fuck is going on. Um. Uh, with like a marathon distance in terms of like the speed and 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 knowing things like that. I think on an ultra mm. it's a little bit different because you're not kind of going at the same pace and you, you, the things that you tune into are slightly different around around what you're looking for in your body. But in terms of understanding, is this a niggle? Is this something more serious that if I keep going is going to cause more damage? I, I think very, people mm. really at the start of the journey very very poor at judging that. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Um, but we'll ask in the group, you know, wh- whether this study will change people's how they'll adapt their training should they have an injury during training for for big races. Um, now, I understand you've been in the recording studio. I have been in the recording studio. It's so interesting when um, you see other people's uh, recording setups for um, for things. So yeah, I've been recording the audio book of uh, of how to start a cult. So how, is, how did that happen? Like, what is this driven by you? Is this driven by the publishers? Is this just demand from the public? So it seems like there's a lot of people that I do. I, I have no real idea about the amount of people that when people say that they read, I'm I'm a bit of a purist about this. When people say they read, I assume they, they mean they read a book. Yeah. They actually read it. Um, but now the term reading a book doesn't mean reading a book. It means someone reads a book to me. Uh, to no, 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 no. We can't be having that. No, no, that... I don't. I don't agree with that. But yeah, it, like so, people like audio books and stuff like that. So, um, the so so one of the things that people have been asking for is saying, oh, I'll it, yeah, when it comes out an audio book, I'll I'll listen to it. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't have time and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, it well, sounds you know, like I'm a not... classic excuse. I know it does sound. I'm like blind, Jody. I'm blind. Even I can't even be bothered to buy your book and even look at it. I'll have it on in the background when I'm doing something else. That's essentially what it's what it's saying, so that they can kind of tick it off or whatever, or just you know, or listen to ten minutes of it and then get a refund on uh, on Audible or whatever it is that they want to do with it. Um, but it, but you know, there's a lot of people for whom listening to the book um, is is going to be the their their first way of experiencing it, their primary way of experiencing it. And in my experience, sometimes when I I don't really like audio books, um, I only mm. listen to audio books when it's been read in the, like it was an autobiography or someone's telling their story or i know that they've got quite a you know strong personality and it's kind of motivational or aspiration at the same time you know or it sells it can sell the story more it can sell it, the story yeah when they're telling the story life. yeah absolutely that's the thing and so the ones that i listen to tend to be um like the um i've, I've talked about this before but the david goggins one um his his mm. first audio book was was really interesting because it also added that element of he had did an interview after each chapter with the person that was narrating it to talk about you know things that happened in the chapter as well so it, there was another dimension to it so but i as i found like you know if you if you listen to an audiobook of something and um you like the ideas and this stuff you'll go out and buy the 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 hardback uh the paperback uh, or the hard copy in order to then you know 
consume it in different ways and then maybe use it or or, or whatever um so yeah so i i basically you know set up to to record the the kind of like audio book and stuff like that and you're Was kind of on any, your own a little bit with were with other that, names ever discussed pardon were other names put forward in terms of reading it yeah no why just because i thought come on Stephen fry pep up those sales come on <laughs> Trying to think who would who would be who would do the audiobook of you? I don't I'm not know. sure. I don't know. I've always I don't like it when the author doesn't read it. Mind you, I said that. I listened to I listened to I got Jordan Peterson's like 12 Rules for Life, and you start listening to him read it, and you're like, fucking hell, I've lost the will to live. Uh maybe someone else needs to read this. Um I don't know. I I couldn't I wouldn't think he you know, he'd want to read it. Really, I don't know who would you. I actually do bad. That's a good thing. Who who would be good at reading the audiobook of um of how to start a cult? Um, what I also like is that it also gives them an indication of just how annoying my voice is. If you had to listen to the podcast as well, but it's really, it's it's a difficult experience. It's it's a difficult experience reading a reading an audiobook. Everyone has said to me who's done it before says it's awful. Um, mm. and um, and it and it's weird because. I speak quite quickly and you've got to speak at a mm. much, much slower rate when you're recording an audiobook. That went out the That's window too after slow. about... That's too that, slow. That we went out the window after... I mean, because like some of the American audiobooks you listen to, it is, they're so, so... You had to put it at one and a half speed just so it kind of gets up to normal talking speed. Um, but yeah, so basically I went to... I went to this guy's house um, that was essentially his entire house he turned into a recording studio and this is quite normal like you have like these like big recording studio stuff and then you have people with their like their private residences that they turn into recording studios and it basically in his lounge like the whole of his lounge was like a sound desk and you know all these kind of things and then upstairs there was the the recording studio itself that you kind of you sat in and then you communicated with each other um you know uh, through the through the headphones and stuff like that uh and so it was quite a weird experience. So you're not you're on your own, but you can hear this other voice as well. Um, and then the way that we the way that we read it was you didn't take like multiple takes. So what you would do is you would like read it to a certain point, and if you made a mistake, he would back up the audio to like the 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 last like sentence or last clause, play it, and then you'd start again. So you could hear yourself, and then he would hit record again and then you'd you'd start reading at that point which sounds quite a weird way of doing it but actually works really really well so it's basically like you're editing as you on the fly yeah exactly yeah yeah um but it's interesting like because i mean i you know i've not read the book the whole way through again well why would i <laughs> like since yeah well why would you read your own yeah. book like since, yeah, i've yeah. not read the book the whole way through again uh since um since since i basically edited it the last time before before it was published uh and just like sometimes i was thinking oh you know like these are quite good points yeah these are good points and stuff and then i was thinking <laughs> oh fuck it out this is aged badly already See, are you are you tempted to <laughs> you're not tempted to like edit the actual book and uh, include wittier things and i should have done it that's what you should do you and go. that's the thing when i next time i do an audiobook i i think it's a completely you need just reading the like the digital version of it isn't isn't enough you need i think you need to completely change completely change it rescript the whole thing so it's suitable for, for for an audiobook do you do any voices are there any voices in there 
I try to do some American voices. <laughs> I do some voices of when I'm um, talking about the things that people have said to us in terms of reviews um, to make them into like really angry people. But I don't do I don't do many voices. There aren't that many voices to to kind of do. Um, it doesn't make you realize as well that um, that uh, like how strong like your your voice can come out in it as well. Like I can see why now I can see why that, that a lot of Americans don't like it, um, mainly because of the swearing. But also I do I do see it coming back to attacking Jesus at various points throughout it as well, which uh, <laughs> I, which I think is what they probably have the most. The I don't know. I don't really know Americans Jesus. didn't like your book. Oh, I just those are the ones that I get the most, the most aggressive comments. I do actually think that when people send like aggressive comments like that, it's because they genuinely thought the book was about how to start a, like a real cult, a proper cult, and they're annoyed that it's not actually that thing. But yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, the thing is, it feels like I'm just saying all the same stuff over and over again. It, it mm. and I couldn't slow down. The thing is, the guy who was um, the guy, uh, the, the like the producer director Justin, who was who was doing it, he's incredibly pedantic, which is exactly what you need to be. And so he would pick up on any time the like the stress wasn't in the right place, or if I'd said something that you know needed to be said in a different way, and you know, and and kind of the language needed to kind of change slightly because we we're in audio and stuff like that. And it, it was actually really really good to have someone like that kind of that kind of um, pedantic, but he was telling me that he would have like authors there who were so furious at him um, because, you know, they were telling him, he was telling them what to do because they were just expecting to turn up as someone to hit record and they could do what they want. And he's not, he's like a proper director. And they're so furious that they wouldn't include his name in like the acknowledgements, like the thanks bit in the, in the end of it. They like, they refuse to, I mean, like that's an awkward conversation, isn't it? Like when you're, when you're recording. As long as they paid, I guess. And how long does it take then to record? Um, so how long is the book? So the book was fifty thousand words. So um, he was like, "That's two days worth of two days worth of recording." I'm not saying that I speak quickly, but we'd got through seventy five percent of it by three o'clock on day one. So we had a little <laughs> bit of time. He'd had a lovely lunch as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it was just like. Um, yeah, like they're not people aren't gonna have aren't gonna need to like uh, you know put it on one and a half times speed when when they listen to it. But I'm like you you prefer a shorter book. Like it, if you look at audio because like there's eight hours of stuff or there's four hours of stuff. You're like four hours is better. Two hours is even better actually. Like you don't want long audio books, do you? There's nothing worse than that. Um, but the thing is that really surprised is that I said, oh, you must get all jokes about Toast of London all the time and people calling you Clem Fandango or something like that. He goes, never heard of it. I'm like, what? Like, like, literally, <laughs> it's like what you do. Like, there's an entire, like, sitcom character, like, universe around <laughs> being in a recording studio and you have never heard of Toast of London. Because no, no, no one's ever mentioned it to me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because I thought we were going to have, like, all this joke about me calling him Clem Fandango and stuff like that. But no, didn't know, never heard of it. I'm like, unbelievable. And, and when is it out? So it's going to be out uh, end of February. End of February. I'm actually excited. 29th to... of February. No, 20... I... no, 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 end of February. I'm excited to to listen to that. And um, I think there could be an opportunity for quite a lot of piss taking in the group as well. No, which is what I'm hoping for. Piss taking as well. Yeah. No, it wasn't actually like any spelling mistakes or anything else. Like, you know, when you like you, you do something mm. and then you kind of send it out and, and everything. There wasn't, you know, there's no, there aren't any spelling mistakes in it, which I'm absolutely 
you know, stunned about. The, the grammar's great. It's just the content is what you say. Just the content. That's the only thing. <laughs> there's only yeah, there's only one issue with this book: the content <laughs> and the narration. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, I'm super actually. And talking about books, I wanted to um, I wanted to mention a guy who when I sold books door to door in America, there was yeah. someone else called Phil Laslett who was a salesman at the same time. He's written a lot of running books for children. And at the run show, he um, he kind of came and gave me some. And uh, he, he, he gave me three, in fact. There's three different ones. He wanted to sign them. I was like, oh, I don't... It's kind of awkward. So I, I, I got them signed to potentially our future kids' names. Um, so we've got, had them to Bodicea and to Hercules. Uh, but I thought it was something we'd mentioned because it almost didn't feel like it's a... I don't think it was enough of a topic for a whole episode to talk about writing children's books. But then I thought it genuinely would be interesting to, to some of the listeners because they're really good books. They're really fun. And um, one of them is called the cheetah cub running club. And um, the other ones are called, where have they gone? In fact, that's the series, the Cheetah uh, Cub Running Club. And there's three books in the series where they go on these adventures. So um, if you want to get your kids involved in running or if your kids like running already, like Park Run, then go and have a look. They're um, really reasonably priced. And I think most kids would like them. So that's the Cheetah Cub Running Club and uh, by Phil Lislet. So little plug there and hopefully uh, let us know your feedback. Parents, parents are like, do you think, um, do you think you're like one? Do you think he'd be interested in a book about running? Who? Uh, what's your son's name again? Hugo. <laughs> Hugo, yeah. No. Um, mm, no, probably not. I don't know. I, I it, it, He's very competitive. He has like the competitive edge. Like, yeah. You know, my daughter's like good at sport and, and everything. And, um, but she, you know, this whole like be kind to each other thing is all lovely yeah. and stuff. But sometimes it can be hammered into like kids too much. And so, you know, when she used to play like netball and stuff and someone said, oh, give me the ball, she'd just give it to them. You're like, no, no, you, you like in this situation, don't be kind. In this situation, be really fucking selfish and, and you know, and, and be really competitive and stuff like that. Hugo's much more competitive. Like, I don't know what where it's come from or stuff like that. He's much more like naturally competitive, like tries really hard. Like he really kind of wants to win, uh, you know, it, it, just to kind of like different edge and stuff. And so he's much more. Um, so he's he's really into sport, really, yeah. really into sport, really. It doesn't matter what the sport is and stuff like that. Um, but he has like we always kind of I don't we'll say we, it sounds like we were like bullying him or something made a joke about the fact that his pace isn't that good because when he's on a football pitch and he's got those like, short bursts of thing he's not particularly quick he, and he knows he's not particularly quick and that's yeah and you know because they've not really kind of practiced that but he did a they did a cross, cross country run the other day um, and he came in he came in first in his group and we were like what? like Everyone was shocked, like everyone was shocked, including him, as to like how you know how quick he was, like on you know with a kind of a longer distance. We're like, "Give a man that doesn't 
that doesn't fit the narrative that you know that we kind of had that you know he's because we kind of made excuses he's had all sorts of chess problems and things like that and so you mm. know in our minds we've just made the kind of the thing like you know it, it it's difficult for him to run compared with other children because mm. you know he feels like very puffed out and stuff like that all bullshit absolute bullshit all of it like there's you know like what how so he's he's quite good at running and so you know he might yeah so he he, he probably would be interested he loves what's it called um books about football and books about sport and you know when he was to try and get him to <laughs> this is good try and get him to sleep one day um i put on a podcast which basically was talking about um the rise of um brian clough at um at nottingham forest and and winning the european <laughs> the, the european cup twice and he listened to it he listened to the whole thing and they wanted on again night after night so he could keep listening to it which would then help him to send to sleep stuff like that so he is really into it so i'm saying no he wouldn't be interested he probably would be interested i'm just as i've as i'm going through this yes yeah. probably he would be really interested in it well i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get this book out to you then get one yeah. of them and and see what he thinks just because i'd I'd love to know the feedback and whether it. You don't get many changes. books on running. I mean, it's not. It's not like a subject. You normally get books on team sports and stuff like that for kids. But mm. but ones about running. It's norm. You know, it's it, it. I can't. I can't think of all the kids' books that I've seen. And you'd think people would buy that sort of stuff for our kids as well, knowing, you know, knowing like my background and and things like that. Because you know, mm. people are kind of, kind of unimaginative, aren't they? Oh, your dad's into running. Oh, you know, obviously you're going to be a running family type thing. Um, so yeah, but I've not seen any. So yeah, get him across, get him in. Let's have a look. Sweet, I will do. Um, well, do better. Go out and get them for your own kids. It's the Cheetah Cub Running Club by Phil. By the way, it's the Cheetah. Is it, che- it is a cheetah, isn't it? It's not like uh, <laughs> someone it's, it's from the animal. Oregon. It's Project. the animal. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good if they had that. That would be great, actually, wouldn't it? Sponsored by Salazar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks. Um, I, I think that brings us to the end of a nice, nice little bad stuff there. Um, and actually, actually, one little plug I would say, I've been watching Chasing Dreams, which is the the Golden Trail series on YouTube, because it's about everyone I know. I'm, you know, I'm the narrator of it. I'm heavily involved. Bloody hell, it's good. Surprisingly good. I knew it was going to be enjoyable, but you know, when you watch something or you you, you kind of listen to something or get involved in something that you're involved with. And then you suddenly go, actually this, I do think this is objectively really, really good. And you're almost not surprised, but you're it's, it's better. It's, it's better than I was expecting basically. Yeah. So in, in episode four, which I'm up to at the moment, and I, I don't think, I think episode five is out tonight. It's looking at Sierra's now and the golden trails always had an issue where um, not every it's a series, but you don't have to do every race in the series. It's not like Formula One. So sometimes someone will turn up and win a race and they're not in the series. And so yeah. for the for the narrative of the of Chasing Dreams, that's difficult because how do you then cover it? And so Chasing Dreams follows the individual athletes and tells their stories. It's chosen some really interesting people this year. It's got a couple of Kenyans, got Roy from Japan, but this one's about Sierra's now, and it's talking about Sierra's now is the race that brings together all the different disciplines, mountain running, trail running, road running. And the two winners were done for doping. 
And so how do you then, how do you, in the course of the documentary, how do you talk about it in a way that doesn't overwhelm the documentary, but also actually acknowledge the fact it's happened without kind of tainting everything too badly? This was really good because... Was it? Yeah, it's... They feature one of the coaches of one of the Kenyan teams. Yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know the full story behind the the banning, but it turns out the athlete they'd taken on board, and I won't give all the details away, had actually done the test and were in trouble with WADA before they joined this coach. And so oh, this really? coach, this coach has basically been through absolute hell, having thought their athlete had won Sierra's an owl was then done for doping and obviously who do you look to when yeah. someone's done for doping you look to the coach you assume they're part of the system and they they unpack this story at the end of it and it's really sad because i know the person and they're the, the smiliest person it's the night I, I, they don't speak good english so we're, we're not great friends or anything but i've always thought the person seems so nice and so to then, it's quite hard to see someone you know kind of get, had have their heart broken and have a reveal on TV that you're not expecting. Yeah. So um, I would say just if you haven't watched Chasing Dreams on YouTube, this series is brilliant. Go and watch it. it like, and that's, I, I yeah, I'm telling you honestly, it's it's really good. <laughs> Um, I thought the last season was fun. I enjoyed it. It's, it's good watch if you like that type of thing. But this one is worth watching, even if you're not massively into trail because it's so well produced and shot. So, um, yeah, a little plug at the end there. Um, That's why I think is the good thing about um, uh, doping. It does add a bit more drama to these documentaries. Yeah, I mean, massively. If we can, if we can get so at least, I think yeah, as a as a race organizer, if you could squeeze a couple of dopers in there. At least, so you've got a bit of a doping drama to go with it. It always just adds another element to it. I think it's it's kind of what we expect now. We expect this of oh. a of a of a of a race. So, do you think that's a good marketing ploy? You you get a mate who's never going to run, who's not a runner, and you get them, you ban them for doping, and then you you do like seventeen. We're found to have seventeen different drugs in their system. You get it in all the papers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's certain things that you have to hit now. We don't have, we should forget about performances and stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. Everyone can do that. And, and, you know, incredible races and, and stuff like that. I think you need that. I think you've got to have, uh, uh, you know, and you can, you can, you can act, you can act as a multiplier in terms of publicity. So you can add, you want a doper in there. You want some allegations of cheating on the course as well. Yeah. Yeah. Some elements, element of that as well. Um, Mental health, obviously. Probably you're going to have some mental health. They're going to have to have like some um, uh, scandal around how long the course is right at the end. Yeah, yeah. You've there's, there's lots of crashes at the start because it there's a tree right in the middle of the the starting lineup. That'd be good. Um, yeah, yeah. There has to be there has to be some kind of like bad blood between two of the two of the competitors as well, possibly previously married or something. And or previously got you know uh, partners and it's all and, it's all gone to shit. And you got Derek involved trying to hassle someone into. Uh... <laughs> there's so and there's 
And you've got Someone LSE trying to do a trying to, qualifier. LSE trying to moonwalk the course uh, as an FKT or something. I think if you get all of those as a combination, we've got that set up for the greatest race <laughs> documentary of all. Probably not the greatest race, but the documentary yeah. that follows it is definitely, definitely getting Netflix. Definitely getting a Netflix special <laughs> with that. Even, even possibly a two or three parter. Is that a burn on the fact that Chasing Dreams isn't on Netflix? Ah, oh, it hurts. It hurts. Well, I've got some Netflix deck recommendations for you for next time. Oh, thank you very so, much. Uh, absolutely two very good ones. I'm taking it. What happened there? Nothing. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's the thing. Right, you've got to cut all that. Okay, that's that was really dodgy, didn't it? No, I just I didn't see it on screen because I was reading the the notes. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how we're editing that out, but something. Basically, a drug deal has just happened in James' house, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna cut to the end. But that's just it, guys. If there's um, if there's some guests you'd like us to interview, then message me directly, David at babboyrun.com or message on Instagram, and we'll go out and we'll get them. And if you, it really helps if we get good reviews to lift our credibility in in front of people that haven't heard us before to come on as guests. So if you can, what should the phrase of the day be? Um. Fandango, Fandango. You can get Clem Clem Fandango. Oh, yes, 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 that's it. Either that or if you can instead, if you can say, I think, uh, leave a review as if it's for Jodie's audio book and say who the voiceover artist was for the audio book. That'd be great. I love listening to so-and-so do the audio of Jodie. That would be great, and we'll. What the great out. thing about what the great thing about that is is that what we could do is we could then get that person to replace me on the podcast as well. If it's if it's a more popular <laughs> voice, <laughs> maybe this is happening now. Maybe maybe this is happening now. Imagine we building. get to a stage where we don't even record the podcast. What we're doing is we've just got our thoughts on paper as how we would have this conversation, and we have actors. written by Chat Chat GPX, GPT <laughs> Chat GPT. Look oh at the news and, and read this, write this in the way they do we their podcast. Sh- we should do an episode where all of our facts come from Chat GPT. <laughs> and yeah, all of our. That would be good. That would be good because we could, yeah. Let's see how well it knows the like the running um, uh, the running industry and the running market and ultras and, and yeah. all of our favorites. Yes. All of our favourites. See what comes up. Um, and we're going to be asking the group if the the study about injury and marathon training will change your training plan. So get in the group and let us know if it will actually have an impact or if you've, you'll use that to actually gain some benefit or whether it is just doom and gloom, sad news. Anything else to throw in? I've just I've told I've taken your Facebook group. Normal no, no, story. no, no. Just join that. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, you. If you're watching this on YouTube, please um, hit subscribe. If you're not on the YouTube channel, please join. Go to the uh, Bad Boy Running Podcast YouTube channel. We've got a load of clips on there. Um, some of the best clips from uh, some of the episodes and stuff, which you can uh, which you can look at and leave comments on as well. So yeah, make sure you hit subscribe and share that with people. If uh, you want to join the Facebook group and carry on the conversations um, and suggest possible audiobook narrators for future books that uh, I may be producing even in other countries I've had so actually I have had someone who is uh, asked to translate my book into other languages and stuff so so even if you have um which I think is a dangerous thing because I don't I wouldn't be able to read it and yes who's prepared to do that I mean that's a big <laughs> ask but yeah. come and let us know which country it's going to go out in and so yeah and you so have if you're Jody's to... permission to record that <laughs>
under license. Um, uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, head to Facebook, type in Bad Boy Running Podcast, answer three questions and um, you'll be allowed in and to join the conversation. If you want merch, head to store.badboyrunning.com. And if you would like to uh, sponsor um an episode or run an ad please go to www.badboyrunning.com and click on become a partner we have plenty of opportunity <laughs> it's a blank canvas it's a blank and, canvas uh, you can sign up for pick, beer lovers marathon pick your pick your week pick your months pick whatever you want you can go anytime the calendar yeah. is free <laughs> absolutely and sign up for beer lovers marathon it's in the calendar as is equinox for the run club um and we will see you next time but bye 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 bye